Welcome to Monday, everybody. Let's see here. We got the socials cranking. Just looking at Twitter to share out. All right, man. So I had a great weekend. I was down in Atlanta, lived out here in Chattanooga for four years, but haven't really stomped too much around Atlanta. We got that new minivan, though, so I gassed it up through the wife and kids there because they got two whale sharks, two of the only whale sharks, I think, in North America, two of the only whale sharks in any aquarium. Take a look at this thing. I got to see it live and in the flesh. Beautiful looking shark. Is that Twitter? No, no Twitter yet. Um, how do you ship that thing, though? When you go into the big room, the big Ocean Odyssey room where they display this thing, it says, came from UPS, and it got me, like, super curious when I was waiting in line. So I decided to look into this thing, and it turns out these whale sharks, they came here about a decade ago. They went on an 8,000-mile journey from Taiwan to Atlanta, and it required a reconfigured B-747 that incorporated a marine life support system. The specialized container, it's uh, 25,000 pounds. It housed these mega sharks with, uh, within it. Where's my mouse? There we go. It has those messenger sharks within it. The tank itself is 6.5 gallons. It's super cool. And I highly recommend you go down there. But I got to tell you one thing about the, the whale shark. Not only is it, is it big and it's awesome, but they've also got these giant rays there. And I think that they're the only aquarium. If I'm, uh, don't quote me on this. I think they're the only aquarium in North America with these giant rays. And when they go over your head, they're like a star destroyer. These things have like, I don't know, 15, 20 foot wingspans. And it's just a, a big shadow that goes over you. Marine life's been big in the news, too. Colts owner Jim Ursay, he's supposed to pay his running back, Jonathan Taylor, but they haven't gotten around to that. But in the meantime, he's been flying orcas for $20 million to Pacific Ocean. Take a look at this. Colts owner Jim Ursay. It turns out it was him. Shocker. Nobody knew which NFL owner was paying $20 million to have an orca flown from Miami, where she's been in a tank for 53 years, back to her uh, original home in the Pacific Northwest. So this dude is paying $20 million to have an orca flown, which is very nice, to save her from her tank after 53 years to back to her family. Could be awkward. That's a long pause. She's missed out on a lot of orca stuff while she's been gone. But he won't pay his starting running back and the best running back the Colts have had in a long time to the point where Jonathan Taylor is the demanding a trade. The two sides of Jim Mercy. Very extreme, I'd say. Very extreme. What do you think? Running backs usually not worth it. I don't know. I'm with Jim. Go fly the orcas. Running backs, Jets, Le'Veon Bell, big contract. How did that work out for them? It never, ever does. Over the weekend, one more thing we got to get to. Serve Robotics, right? Serve Robotics is this company. I shared this video out. It's from TikTok's Film the Robots LA on Twitter over this weekend. It's up to like almost 6 million views. It's spread like a Canadian wildfire. But before we jump into this clip, let's take a look here at a recent press release in TechCrunch. It says, Serve Robotics to deploy 2,000 sidewalk delivery bots on Uber Eats. Serve and Uber's partnership began a year ago as a pilot in West Hollywood. Since then, Serve's robotic deliveries with Uber have grown more than 30% month over month. They got over 200 restaurants that are moving these things around. Supervisors even help them out to make sure that they don't get any trouble and they don't get run over when they're crossing the street, although they assure you their tech would never let them get run over. So it sounds really cool. These must be going really well. Let's take a look. Don't invest in this company. Look at this. Watch this. Oh man, look at 
Somebody knocked him over. Who is it? It's Austin. They steal your food too? Austin got robbed. This lady's using it like it's a horse. Yeah, they got to squat up now. I don't, I don't know if this is going to help. But here's a funny story that continues on from this. So not only are these robots squatting up over here, but there was a story in the London Times that said a British man said a Starship delivery robot seemed to have a mind of its own after claiming it attacked him and his dog. He was walking his dog out, and he said that the robot was coming too close to him, so he kicked it, and then the robot kept shoving him and his dog until he was able to chase it off. Then he said he came back to get its uh, UP to get its QR code to go report it to somebody, and uh, then it started attacking him again. There's been a lot of comments on this story, and I think one of the most interesting things about it is how quickly and how willingly people are ready to arm some of these things, judging by the comments. So I had to put a poll out there. Should we delete? Should we arm delivery robots in the U.S.? Take a look at the results right here. Fortunately, two-thirds of you said, uh, no, that's not a good idea. I have to agree with you guys. I don't think giving some, like, startup um, judge during execution or protocol over, like, 7-Eleven hot dogs is necessarily the best idea. Might be advancing AI too much. I don't know. But it also makes you think about uh, autonomous trucks, right? That easy to steal. You know, you have a driver. A driver is a point of friction. Someone goes to pull over a regular truck or to deal with a truck in a truck stop. There's a driver there. You talk about an autonomous truck. You could follow this thing out. You could put a traffic cone in front of it. You could stop in front of it. You could start clearing that thing out. So I think that's something to strongly consider. And I would say to the autonomous side, you're going to really have to get that value, that security value out there to, uh, to shippers. Or this stuff could be in a lot of trouble. Like not, not just here. Like you get the, the poison pill of insurance if there's a lot of theft. So we're going to stay on that one. I've got to talk to my insurance buddies. But in the meantime, on today's show, we're talking about, uh, what do we got? We got Yellow. They officially announced that they're shutting down, of course, because the stock market's crazy. It's gone up a little bit, probably because of the valuation of their assets. But General Trucking Inc.'s Larry Long, he's here. He's been through some shutdowns before. He used to be over with Valken. We're talking to him about what to do when your company dies, how to get a new trucking job, and why his company's the new home for you. We got Soap Creek's founder, Kevin Nolan, in studio. I should have thrown him in the minivan and drove him up here from Atlanta with me over the weekend because that's where he had to come up from today. We're going to be talking about 3PLs getting scrappy. You got to fight back. We all know it's a freight recession. What are you going to do? Be yellow? What are you going to do? Just crawl in a hole and die? No, you want to be in this game. Kevin's here to help you. He's going to talk about what's investable, what's going on in the situation. You know him. He's a legend. Mark Trans LLC is Justin Cornwell. He talks about the difference between being an agency owner and an agent. Some of you office people are out of there. You might be thinking about this, your next career move, so it's a great time to talk to him. Plus, what else we got? You're getting run over by a combine uh, golf-stealing bears, <laughs> the water chug trick, and more. Let's tip the band, and we'll bring Kevin right over. You may think of AIT Worldwide Logistics as an average U.S. forwarder, but in the past decade, They've evolved to become a global logistics powerhouse. Today, AIT is customizing supply chain solutions for multinational Fortune 500 companies shipping between Asia, Europe, and North America, and the Middle East. Despite the company's exponential growth, they are still the experts when it comes to creating tailored plans that fulfill your supply chain requirements. Find out how you can benefit your business with logistics pros at AITWorldwide.com. Kevin, hey. welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Why didn't you just drive up here over the weekend? 
Well, you know, I wanted to make sure I got the data right, but I was downstairs <laughs> adjusting the uh, tender rejection rates, making yes. freight rates go up. I knew Monday would be the, I'm just kidding, but I'd love to go play around in that data for a little while. Uh, You're like the market hacker. Well, you know, I think we all need a little help right now. <laughs> Get that thing going a little bit. But yeah, driving up 75, it was easy. This is my first time uh, in FreightWave Studios. I've been here obviously for some of the events downstairs and the parties and whatnot, but really cool to see how you guys work and, uh, and, and produce all this cool stuff. Well, I loved your city. An awesome time in Atlanta. It's a shining gem of the Southeast. I'm definitely in love, but you got a place called Soap Creek down there. What's yes. Soap Creek? Let's start there. All right, so Soap Creek Capital is uh, my family office. So fortunately, after starting NTG and OTR and a few other businesses, I've uh, I've, I've I've created a, a family office that invests in new businesses, new entrepreneurs that are coming across. We've we've focused really hard on transportation and logistics. Um, we've had some great investments. Highways one. Um, uh, Learn to Win is, is a new one on the horizon. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sasha. Yes. I, I mean, Sasha that on guy here. is a winner, you know, and we actually use them at all of our companies, NTG, OTR, MIG, um, Payhawk. It's active learning, yeah. right? As, as, as brokers and transportation people so much, we like to stand in front of the audience and talk, but we don't really know if the person is taking in what we're talking about, if they're thinking about their life or you know, just saying, hey, I got a new job, this is cool. So this active learning aspect of it is so cool. I mean, he works with Chick-fil-A. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it. right, so so we're excited about that. And so what we do is, uh, you know, we've got a great team and, and we meet entrepreneurs and, and we help them understand the aspects of growing a business as well as it transitioning. You know, we've exited some of the investments we've had. It's really, really fun, really, really cool. Where does the name Soap Creek come from? So Soap Creek is actually, uh, the elementary school I went to, but Soap Creek is a creek that feeds into the Chattahoochee. Um, it's got a lot of history behind it. Actually, Sherman, when he entered uh, Atlanta um, in the Civil War, he crossed over Soap Creek. My mother, who was a school teacher for 35 years in Cobb County, taught there. Um, Soap Creek also runs through the golf course that I play, Atlanta Country Club. So it just made sense that uh, that it was you know kind of it was home and uh, and and just just where I grew up. Well, Kevin, you're not new to this game. I, I called you a legend. You've been around the block a few times and uh, you're looking at the market and you're, you're, you know, there's a vibe out there. There's been a bad vibe. There's been bad vibe for over a year. A lot of people feeling defeated. We're seeing some of the bloodbath. We're seeing yellow announce their bankruptcy finally today, but we got to fight back. You want to yeah. stay in the game. I mean, look, this is where winners win big, right? I've been in the game for, I don't know, too long, close to 25 years now. This feels a lot like the 08 recession times, you know, after the big, you know, bubble bust that happened in housing, um, you know, down. Everybody, you know, even in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution this weekend, there was an article about, you know, the freight recession. No one's talking about driver shortages. Everyone's got to operate now. Like, the COVID days are not coming back, right? And I feel really, really bad a lot for the management teams that started during those times, a lot for the brokers that started in those times, the truckers that started in those times. Like, you operated at a time that was historically high. So now you have to understand how to operate at a time, A, you were not in, and B, that, that we've operated in for years. So that's very, very tough. But at the end of the day, freight is a huge market. 
I think the only thing bigger is healthcare. I mean, freight supposedly in logistics and warehousing is 20 some odd percent of GDP. So there's tons and tons of business to win out there, right? And so, yeah, people are down. People are laying around and, 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 and you know, feeling and waiting and thinking hopefully that this market's coming back to what it was. It's not. Uh, let's operate in this market and win. And there's, there's tons of great businesses out there that are growing. And there's tons of, of good things that are happening. Who is fighting back? How are they winning? What do you like that you see? I mean, people that are focusing on the fundamentals, right? They're focusing, A, on their people, right? They're looking at their roster and saying, hey, this is the people I need. This is the people I don't need. Who's showing their true colors? In these times, the true colors come out, sure. right? Am I here for me or am I here for the business or am I here for both, which is what you want? Um, so, you know, those are the people that are fighting back. A lot of the men and women have to fight, especially management teams, getting people back to the office. I had road rage the other day because I didn't. I was late to a meeting, shocker. But I, you know, I I was mad to be driving. So so you got to convince people to go back to work when they've been working at home, right? That's very very hard. That's why I like joggers. Yeah, yeah. Big jogger guy. Like, hey, have them come back comfortable. But you know, so the people that are that are working as teams and they're and they're really focusing on, you know, what they need and what they don't need. Um, again, in COVID, when we had record revenues, record profits, record everything, you could invest in everything, people, technology, everything. Well, you know, the dollars are a little less now. So you've got to learn how to operate in a, in a tough environment. And that's where you're seeing the people that are, that are, that are focused on fundamentals, people, technology, and sales. The, uh, the joggers can be dangerous because you don't have to put a belt on or, and you don't have to put, like, you know, your, your specific waist size. So it was, it was really easy to gain 20 pounds during COVID <laughs> in Adidas pants, I'll tell you. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, I definitely have got new uh, belt. My, it, it moves up around a little bit like Oprah with my weight. It kind of just fluctuates <laughs> up and down. Well, i got to ask you something. So there, there's been so much shuffling. Remember the term, the great resignation oh, about yeah. a year ago? And then they're like, no, we're in recession. There's no great resignation. But I see people shuffling all of the time on LinkedIn, that has to impact operations a little bit. You lose a lot of tribal knowledge with all the shuffling. Sure, you bring some new into the house, but how do you manage this and how do you build a good team during a time when there's so much flux with employees, employees are rethinking you know, their valuations, all that kind of stuff. Right, I mean, look, the, the main thing is the message has to be clear from the leader, right? The CEO of the business is the leader of that business and his or her message has to be you know, throughout, even when new players come in, right? It, it, to me, you know, logistics and freight brokers with the roster changes that happen. It's a lot like a you're talking about NFL teams and running backs. It, it's your roster, right? So you're constantly, but your your quarterback, head coach, everything else, the CEO has to have the message that goes straight through. And then as a new person, like don't bring the baggage from your old place with you. Like, you know, maybe the in these tough times you were let go or you know, maybe because you can't get it perfect, right? With the amount of people that and changes and things that are happening, you're gonna let people go that that might have been awesome. Like I think yeah. Elon Musk said it when he did the I don't know what he let eighty percent of Twitter go. He was oh, like, I'm not gonna amount. get it perfect, so I'm gonna. And so you know, you might you might like a fresh start is is great at a lot of places. So, but go in there open minded. Go in there and 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 be focused on listening to what the leaders say and and surround yourself with the the good people. I'm sure in a lot of offices and a lot of companies right now, there's a lot of people who are depressed. There are a lot of people who are super negative. Just gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay focused on, on you and your family and, and why you go to work. I gotta ask you that. So naturally you're the owner of the Colts. Now are you sending the workout to the Pacific for 20 million or are you re-signing Jonathan Davis? 
The fact that he can buy an orca and move it around how he moved it is incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a big, big believer in offensive lines, right? And I don't know if seeing what happened with Matt Ryan up there last year, yeah. right? Maybe he's doing that guy a favor by giving the money to the orca instead of him. But um, I, I would – I would, I look, I love the Atlanta Aquarium. OTR is actually doing its uh, Christmas party there this year. I know, I know. I'm which, I'm which, check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, I, we. I'd love to have you come down. Love to have it. No, you mentioned something earlier before we went on air. You were talking about a bank for truckers. What, yeah, what's that all about? Clutch, right here. So you know, the OTR management team, sales team, account managers, everyone, their relationships with truckers over the few years, like not a few years, but over twelve years now. We've always noticed that the small trucker specifically has banking needs that were not met for them. So we partnered with a bank here in Tennessee, Thread Bank, and we created Clutch, which is a banking solution for truckers. Um, you know, it comes with a debit card where they can get money back on the debit card as well as fuel discounts. Um, we also see it as not only for truckers, we see it for logistics companies, insurance companies, where you can have a card for your employees where you can load it up and say, hey, we crushed it this week, everybody's got 50 bucks, go have fun. Um, you know, it's a really, really cool product. I'm so proud of the OTR team for making this a reality. Um, but it's a banking solution for truckers. And, and a, lot of, a lot of owner operators, men and women, when they come in, they co-mingle their funds mm. with their personal account. Like, no, this is a, this is a true business type banking. They can earn money on interest and they get money back on swipes. So uh, Grace and Clayton and obviously the CEO, Fritz, They've done an incredible job of, of rolling out, and the brand's awesome. Like, I, 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 love, I love the brand. Well, I mean, whenever WorkHound does a driver satisfaction story, in the, the top three things that drivers hate about trucking, in the top three is always lack of clarity, transparency, and knowing when they're going to get paid. Yes. Always. 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 And, and the tax aspect for them, um, everything of it, is just they're running a business, and they're working with tons of different people, money comes in from all over different places, and so this centralizes that, but it also gives them a tool that they can use this card for their drivers, um, that they can put money on it for them. It's, it's awesome. I what do you like now? What do you like that you're seeing? What's, what's investable? So you sit at Soap Creek and you go, you know, I like this out here, I like that. You're out of, you're out of these conference floor at a place like F3 or Future Supply yeah. Chain. What are you looking for? First and foremost is the management team. Right? Is, is the management team a team that A, can uh, continue to grow? Um, but, you know, growth. We are a growth-oriented everything, right? And so if the business has a clear runway to help logistics companies or the logistics market fix a need or product, I don't really want to go and invest in things that are trying to be the Google of freight, right? Yeah. Right? So I like things. Too broad? Is that the issue? Lack of focus. Yeah. And like we need things in this industry at all different places, whether it's connectivity, whether it's TMS. Well, we, there's just so many things that are out there that, that, that we need. And so like for us with Learn to Win, why did we want to invest in Learn to Win? It made it easier to train people and get them up to speed faster. Why did we invest in Sales Vista? That's a commission thing. Because at the end of the month, I remember just writing down all these you know, commissions and everyone kind of had a different deal before it was all uniform. So just anything that makes the job of the logistics side of the business easier and more efficient. And that's, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing great products and services. 
um, that you know people are going to need money to continue growing, and uh, and we want to be here for them. What do you think about people who talk about like on the marketing side? They're always talking about disrupting the supply chain, and it drives me nuts because when I hear that, I picture the Ever Given stuck in a canal. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> post that you did. Right, that is. I, I talk about like you know a sea monster coming and eating New York, right? Yeah. Like freight rates would go through the roof at that, you know. Um, but, you know, disruption for me, you know, on, on, like on the main service size, whether it's freight brokerage, insurance, factoring, you know, there's so many competitors and that's still fragmenting. going to be very, very hard to disrupt. But I will tell you, tracking and tracing has been disrupted the last few years. Offshoring, like that's been disruptive for us because now in – in jobs that are, you know, traditionally higher turnover jobs, they're not as much down. So it's, it's, you know, that is, you know, disrupting pieces of it, but no one's going to really change um, much because it's too big, it's too capital intensive, and, uh, you know, there's just so much of it out there. It's an ocean. Now, before we ice bucket you and, oh, and get you to that, today's a, a special day, but kind of a bad day. Yellow finally declared their bankruptcy. Any thoughts on that? Yellow's been around for 99 years. You've been watching this industry for a long time. Do you think it's indicative of what's going on? I mean, I've been to Yellow's headquarters. You know, Justin Hall was there and, you know, tried to change it and was up against a, a beast, right? These businesses that are large are beasts. And so that one, for a long time, everyone knew was kind of heading in this direction. Um, they still maintained incredible service while going through all this financial stuff. You saw the drivers like the passion they had for their business. I don't know, you know, it's sad, it's sad, but it also makes me say like, enough's enough. Like everyone talked about the unions and that, Yeah. but that was the market too, guys. Like that was not just the unions, that was the market. You know, we had Surge who had their issues and whatnot, like things are happening right now. So like taking cheap loads of beer and losing 1200 bucks on it is like not cool right now. No. Like manage your contracts well, and don't, don't, you know, don't, don't pay people to move loads right now. Like enough's enough. What, what do you think about the market moving forward? Craig Fuller, our own founder and CEO, he's finally been a little positive. People always call Thank him Mr. Lord. Doom and Thank Gloom, right? He's yes. been a little positive. Right. Well, look, I think we're kind of like at a bottom, so to say. And I don't know how long you drudge along the bottom, but you have to have disruptive things like a, like, like yellow going out is totally disruptive, right? And it actually catches people's attention that don't pay attention to freight a lot. Yeah. Right? Like, even, like, at the pool with my kids, someone's like, hey, yellow's going under. Are you okay? I'm like, well, no, I'm not. <laughs> we're in the toughest freight market we've been in, but we're going to battle through. So people will see that, and then rates will, I believe, continue to go up. Back to life is happening with back to school in August. So... You know, I think I think we're gonna have positive momentum moving forward, uh, but it's not going back to what it was 2021, and then the first half of 2022. Like that was that was unseen and unheard of. It was awesome, but you know, that's that's not the game we're playing for a while. Okay, now before we bucket, oh, you, because I, you're I keep be, talking to try to not get bucketed. Because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be cold and wet, and you have to challenge somebody. Let's put out your your promo right here. How do people reach out to you before we dump water on you? How do they reach out to you? They like what they heard. They want yeah. To so uh, yeah, you can go to Soap Creek. We have a website. It's I believe SoapCreekCap.com. Um, I'm always available on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I think it's a it's a it's a fun place to to be professional and to also you know 
spread the word of the industry. So I'm available on LinkedIn, and also you can uh, hit us through our website, Soap Creek Cap, and uh, excited to get wet, I think. All right, transition over to this pool, uh, and I think we need an assistant. How many people oh. do I get to, uh, to to nominate? You can nominate, well, usually one, but someone did four. So, I mean, we can make up our own rules around here. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Oh, man. I've also got a... Look at that hat you're wearing. I've got, I've got some hats for you yeah, guys, too. I'll I give love these. That. You know what? Here, let me give this to this gentleman over. over. Right yeah, on. Come on. Blanton, come hey, Blanton, come on. You did the right down. Blanton, say hi really quick before everyone gets soaked. Yeah. Come right here. The camera's right over here, Blanton. Step Blanton, right in. Yeah. Blanton from Soap Creek, everybody. What's going on? Hey, Blanton, good to meet you. Here's a couple of hats for, for you and this gentleman yeah, here. You want me awesome. get, I'm going to get my NTGs wet. My All NTG right. shoes. <laughs> oh, God. And you got a big bucket. All right, I just want to say something like, hey, this is for the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, and then we'll talk you, then you challenge somebody. Say it, Kevin. Hey, this is for the ALS <laughs> Challenge. I get dunked, and then I get to challenge somebody, and this is for the ALS. All right, here we go. go. Oh, God. Oh, ah. Oh, that is cold. That is, that is really cold. Oh, that is cold. Who are you All right. challenging? I challenge Fritz Owens, CEO, OTR. Let's see it, Fritz. Fritz? Come on up here. Kevin, thank you <laughs> so much. Thank you, man. I really there's, appreciate it. There's a green room right back there. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Thank hey, you, you guys again. Have a trip back to Atlanta. I will. We'll Come be in see touch. Uh, meanwhile. Y'all ever wonder what it feel like to get run over by a damn old combine? Wow, sorry, well, this is how I play. That's how we play over there in the ice bucket, too. He's still shaking and shivering as he goes out. Thank you, Kevin. You're an awesome sport. Not every day I get to dunk a legend. Now we got Justin Cornwell, business development agent and business development... Uh, why did I copy and paste that three times? Business development agent at Market Trans. He used to have the spiciest mole in the game, but he's like my kids. He went and got his back-to-school haircut, and now he's looking all fresh and spicy uh, with short hair. What's up, Justin? Not too much, man. How are you doing? What's happening? Have you uh, you ever gotten run over by a combine before? I have not. I've never even been up close to one. I, I would have assumed, because I'm not a farm boy, I would have assumed you would have been like, you know, like a horror movie. You would have just been churned in that thing. No, I've spent a little bit of time in uh, North Dakota at one point in my life. Uh, for about two years, I got out of freight and uh, decided to go try the oil field out and see what I could do. Ooh, I like oil field guys. One of my buddies, Frack Slap, he's, he's big over in that space. So is that what Market Trans does? Are you, over, are, are, are you covering a lot of energy? Um, no, so right now our main focus is telecommunications. Yeah. Um, you know, as you saw the post, I have the um, T-Mobile trailers. Um, we've been partnered with them for, MacTrans has been partnered with them for the past couple of years. Um, and then our parent company, Telworks Logistics, we handle all of the warehousing for uh, T-Mobile. So we've had a relationship since 2007, I believe. Um, so that relationship has been long standing way before I got with MacTrans. 
Um, so that's something the team has been working on for many, many years and has built it up to what it is today. Interesting. Interesting. So l- let me ask you about first thing here, because I've seen those trailers. I've seen those T-Mobile trailers and I know it predates you, but how does that partnership come together? How does that, how does that work? Um, so it comes back from the warehousing side of things. Um, Telworks just used to manage the warehouse for them. Um, it started with one and it's now up to 47 different warehouses across the U.S., Um, And then from that, it led to a transportation company um, because we saw that there was, you know, spaces in the market that weren't being filled that us as an asset company could go ahead and cover and take care of. Very cool. So tell me about something here. There's a lot of people who, especially uh, in the past week with Yellow, who have been displaced, especially office people, brokers, stuff like that, looking for their next position. And you've been in both. You've been an agency owner and an agent. Let's talk about that. First of all, what's the difference between an agency owner and an agent? So an agency owner, you're still under somebody else's MC, but you're responsible for your entire office. So you could bring on new agents, um, you can bring on new brokers, it's all up to you. You're technically the CEO of your own office. Um, You still run somebody else's MC numbers, but everything's on you. So at the end of the day, you're responsible um, for all the money coming in, for all the money going out. Um, And then being an agent, you're just at that point, in my opinion, and I'll get roasted, but you're an employee. Mm. Yes, you're not a 40-hour W-2 employee. You're going to be 1099 majority of the places. But all you're responsible for doing is bringing on new customers, handling that freight. But as far as the you know financials of the business goes, that's going to be on your agency owner. Which one does either appeal to? Who do you think is most successful in either one? Like, if I'm considering my next move here, how would you advise someone? Um, I would definitely start at being an um, an agent yeah. because an agency owner, if you just have the experience of transportation, you're going to fail miserably. It's operating a full-blown business. So you still have to take a look and say, okay, I'm making this much. I can pay myself this much. You know, you're in charge of all of the finances. Yes, the back end of it is going to pay the truckers handle the customers. But outside of that, you're still having to operate a business bank account and pay yourself accordingly. Um, so I think a- agent's going to be the best route because all you're really focused on is bringing on new customers, building relationships with carriers. And then once you get to that point of having a good book of business and you want to take on all of the extra, then have at it. Take yeah. on all the extra. It just depends on how much stress that you can personally handle. Um, when I was doing it, we worked with a very large customer and I was working from six in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, um, seven days a week. They needed tracking updates every two hours. Um, they had a full-blown security team that was tracking every load that was moving. And so if a truck was to stop and not call in and say, hey, I'm going to the bathroom, they were calling and saying, hey, why is this truck pulled over? What's going on? And I'm like, man, it's two o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't know, maybe he's sleeping. And they did not care. They wanted full-blown updates. And it became a lot. 
And that is one of the reasons why I went to the oil fields. Um, here I thought, you know what, I'm going to get out of the, the nine to five gig and I'm going to have more time with my family. And here I am working in a 10 by 10 room at home and didn't see my wife and kids at all. Yeah. So it, it was a lot. So I think becoming an agent allows you to have the freedom. Um, you're not doing any back end stuff. You're just responsible for that cradle to the grave, handling the customer, finding the carrier, handling the paperwork, getting it turned in, and then they handle everything else. Yeah, it's not that so much different it, than a, um, like when we talk about owner operator versus being a company guy, and we had that debate. Justin and I were talking about that about a week ago. Uh, it always comes down to like to start out, you probably should become become a company guy because you got to understand you're being an owner operator, you're, you're being a business owner, you're being a um, an agency owner. You have suddenly decided to be a business owner while also having to worry about selling freight that that whole time. That is uh, that's great advice, Justin. Thank you so much for your time today. How do people reach out? How do they find your company or you? Um, MacTrans on LinkedIn. Um, you guys can email me Jay Cornwell at MacTrans M A K T T rans.com um we're open to all new customers warehousing whatever you guys need we do it all um, we are strong in the focus of telecommunications we're very well versed in that um, that's something we're very strong at and we've built a really strong relationship with a lot of carriers uh in the market and they know exactly who we are and what we do sweet do you have your ice bucket or are you gonna you're gonna dunk yourself and challenge one we I don't. No one told me, man. I would have definitely <laughs> okay. done it. It's more impromptu. It's more impromptu. You, know you can always do one on social. No, just no, tag no, no, me. No. Challenge someone. Since, yep, since you said that, I will get that done. I will pour a bucket of ice on me, and I will challenge somebody once that's complete. Excellent. I thank you for joining the uh, momentum and keeping this thing going. I appreciate it, Justin. Take care, brother. Thank you, too. Take it easy. All right. Well, you know, we got another Justin here. He was uh, sitting up in backup. So I want to talk to him quick because he has some news about a charging corridor that Tesla has put out there. Justin, what's going on with this charging corridor? Hey, how's it going, dude? What's up, brother? Nothing much. Yeah, I saw um, it was on Reddit today. They, they have a, <clears throat> a charging corridor from uh, Fremont, California, down to Laredo, Texas. It's supposed to be part of their um, corridor to get parts from uh, their gigafactory in uh, Monterey, Mexico, up to California. Sounds like it's only going to be Tesla using this thing for now. I don't see how any other company can run this profitably or on time. Where is the, the how many stations are they planning on putting? A, I think I know as much as there's like eight chargers, eight megawatt chargers at each station. Yeah, there was, uh, so it, it, I believe there's nine chargers total. Um, I'm sorry, eight, nine stops total with eight chargers per stop. And uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so nine. So every one of those ranges goes right through major metropolitan areas. You're, you're talking about mountains, hills, all that stuff, you know, wears and tears on your batteries. Uh, I don't see how they're going to get any kind of like um, uniformity as far as like the ranges on the batteries. Also, the Tesla trucks don't have sleeper cabs. So this is obviously going to be, you know, hub, yeah. hub models. But I think if they have to. Like, I, Justin, I've long theorized that like the Tesla semi that they showed you, if like I don't think that's like the two market one. I think that's the one that California paid for, like that sleeper cab one. Yeah. The range just isn't there. This is a test pilot. This is like a taxpayer funded test pilot. Test pilot. I mean, you got to build it somewhere. If California's putting all these regulations, you got maybe you could like centralize local runs. Then as battery range increases, this this makes some sense. Elon's pretty good about getting money from the government. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's there's a couple of port people that have been um, chiming in saying like, why aren't they just doing this at ports? Like, it makes perfect sense. You know that that, that ports are a perfect use case for for Tesla's. The problem you're going to have there is where you're going to plug the damn things in at. Now, Justin, what do you think about those delivery robots? I showed the video in the beginning, and obviously that's like street level. That's petty crime. It's very hard to enforce something like that. If you know, you, you're know you homeless and you see a hot dog rolling by, it's like a loot box in a video game. Um, yeah. People are, are going to target those. But when we talk about this at scale and we talk about organized crime and we talk about autonomous trucks, do you think that this puts them in some danger as well, or at least it puts a, the thought in there? Because to me, like these are getting robbed because there's no friction. No one in society cares to stop anybody, and, and you can get away with it. Now, with a regular driver in a truck, someone you, they want to take your truck. Yeah, you're not an armed guard. You're not Steven Seagal. You're not like a trained mercenary. However, you're a witness. You're in the way. They have to consider using guns on someone like you. They might have to do what that other couple did and take you as a hostage, putting them in much more higher level of liability than, I don't know, just on a dark road, stopping a truck or putting a car or a traffic cone or anything in front of one of these and clearing it out in like five minutes. Yeah. No, as the driver too, you have to consider like if, if somebody's in front of your truck, you you have to decide like, is it going to be worth the risk? Like, you know, being on social media, you're running this person over, even if they are, you know, a criminal trying to trying to hijack my load. It's just not worked it in a lot of cases. So that's why most companies as the driver, you know, they tell you just 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 give it up. Now, with no driver in there, it's an even easier target. You can just cut the truck off. It'll slow down, come to a, a halt. And then uh, the trailer's basically yours at this point. Yeah, I don't think anyone, like, and the, the problem is some of the tech people are like, well, we'll put all the solutions on the trailer. That's not really how trailers work. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about now Now you're not only have to make all these autonomous trucks, now you have to make these, like, super specialized trailers that are no longer uh, standard in there. I mean, it's not that yeah, hard to and, break into a semi. And, and trying to scale it, it's it's like, okay, now you're adding an extra $1,000, $10,000 per trailer. Uh, every piece of equipment on there is going to have some kind of tracking thing on it you know this stuff just it like escalates further and further up the chain you go excellent you know we're waiting for larry we're gonna have a great segment with him but i got a couple uh well, let me do my ad read and i got a couple of videos for us to look at too so hang tight china india korea vietnam belgium the czech republic france germany italy the netherlands switzerland the united kingdom canada and mexico more than 2700 ait worldwide logistics supply chain experts are stationed in these countries and of course in offices across the united states and in 2023 they're adding even more global locations as the organization strives to make it easier than ever for companies to ship between asia europe the Middle East, and North America. If you're ready to create a shipping program as unique as your business, you can learn more at AITWorldwide.com. Let's see. We should have uh, him up in a second. But in the, in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about gong culture. Show this video. Oh, gong, yeah. You should $80,000. How you doing? Richard! 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 <laughs> it's such a brokerage. Forty percent margin. What do you uh, What do you think of gong culture? Now you haven't sold freight within a brokerage, but what is your impression of what goes down inside one of those those joints? It's it's like one part frat house and another part just um God, what's that movie Boiler Room? You know, it's just it's just high pressure sales. They're crushing on their commissions. I could never work in a place like that. I just prefer to just you know keep my nose down and do my job and leave me alone, please. Would you, you don't think you would like puff your chest out and, and dig right into that gong? Sure, if I'm making forty those kind of margins on a on a sale, absolutely. Who wouldn't? Are they are they really though? Isn't that like kind of um who who's that? Is that the freight bandit that's been making all those jokes lately on freight yeah, Twitter? Yeah, yeah. About, yeah. And Adam um, Battlefield. No, they're, they're, 
<laughs> yeah, and they're really good too. But yeah, I, I think most people are starting to realize that like the, the market itself is on the downturn. Drivers are hurting, and freight and freight brokers are hurting too. Um, they're just a much easier target because you know, as a driver, you just see them see them as the jerk on the other line, taking the money off the top of your load. Volacule says, finally, some transparency. Holger Danske says, I hated being a broker. <laughs> I did, too. I, I was never, like, a trucking freight broker. I was uh, I was doing freight on the ocean sales side, but I think it's, like, almost just as bad when I was in the in the sales category. Although, we didn't even have a gong to celebrate. I might have liked a gong. Uh, and they have just as bad turnover rates as, like, some mega carriers, too. Now, you've, you've got a couple cats. You've got a couple cats. Now, let's see if they'd react, like... behind me right now. Oh, go go pick it up. Roll this tape. <laughs> These two cats are just lounging out in the middle of the city over here when um, one of their uh, significant others just shows up behind him. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> do, do yours ever get jealous of each other like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're jerks. They're brother and sister, so they're, of course, going to be, you know, angry with each other. He wants down. All right, button. No way, Gandalf. Here's an interesting one. Now, I saw this video on the What the Truck Twitter, this uh, water jug trick. It doesn't look like the safest thing on earth. Roll this tape, and Justin, then you can break it down for us. Look before I went under, then the, the kingpin was over the fifth wheel. This is why you keep this with you, okay? All reliable so what happened? Okay, what does old reliable do there? What is happening? Why does she need a water jug? So she's she's backing up to a tanker trailer, and those things are heavy. And it looks like either her trailer, her truck was too low, or the trailer was too high. And what she did was, as she's backing up under the trailer, her king, her fifth wheel missed the kingpin. And then now that her truck is too far back, if she tries to pull the truck forward, it's going to clash against the kingpin. So you take that jug of water, shove it under your fifth wheel, and what that does is it takes the fifth wheel and puts it flat so she can get back out from underneath the trailer and then roll the trailer back down nice so you're not gonna be like driving down the highway with the water jug sitting there no 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 i would hope no and i've I've used everything from like a rock on the ground to like a two by four a water jug is a is a pretty clever trick yeah not guilty larry says uh she has a dry box and reefer set fifth wheel a majority of tank haulers have a higher fifth wheel so it drains better or a set of four by four blocks to back up on if not dipped dropping in place Centeno Trucker, Trucking Goomba says, I have a trick where I get under the trailer just a bit, then look, just saying. So he's saying <laughs> prevention is the best policy. Giuseppe says, trust me, you don't want to see my water jug trick. <laughs> Wonder what you mean by that, Joe. Keep it clean. It's noon. Mark Linko says, I've always used a hammer. What is he, just like bashing it back down or is he using the yeah. hammer as a spacer? No, you're, you're smacking it back down. Glenn, Glenn says, I've done this a few times. A wheel chalk block works, too, and it always helps to curse the fool that jacked the trailer five feet off the fifth wheel. <laughs> Jeremy says, I actually backed under the kingpin yesterday. I haven't made that mistake in months. Use a section of steel tubing to prop up the fifth wheel to get out. Yeah, every, every truck and trailer is different heights. The tires are all different. Everything, everything makes a difference. Wow. Well, Justin, hey, thank you so much for joining us. I'll let you get back over on social and everything like that. Go find him no at problem. Super Trucker. Go find us on social at FW What the Truck. Thanks for letting us know about uh, what Elon's up to with the Chargers. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Meanwhile, I mean, the dog, yeah. Oh. I love Labs. Oh. Look at him here. He knows how to use his own duck call. 
you audio listeners, this is a lab blowing it himself. And a hug. All right, Larry Long, CEO at General Trucking Inc. Larry, it's been too long. How are you, brother? How you doing, Sam? What's that? Where are you coming in from today? Where are you hanging out, Larry? In Warren, Michigan today. Warren, Michigan. Now, Larry, you're no stranger to major trucking carrier shutdowns. In fact, you and I first started talking way back in the day in 2019 when Falcon shut down. And today we speak again on the same day that Yellow has announced their bankruptcy officially. Yeah, that was uh, I, I actually started with the R in that YRC way back in 1992. And if you had told me that Yellow and roadway would merge first of all back then i would have told you they're crazy but after them you know if you'd have told me that they would be uh belly up uh 30 some years later i would have i would have called you a liar i just it was uh, although it was kind of a like a slow train wreck you kind of watched it happening over over time um yeah that's that's how i yeah I, we, we actually hired two uh two former uh drivers it's very um it's very rare that these companies like a, a giant company like this or a falcon they fall apart all at once right it's a long list of issues right. that finally culminate when it shuts down what's it like being inside one of these companies when the writing's on the wall well so falcon was different uh cuz i i think i left it was about 14 months before they folded yeah. but when the new owners come in i i've seen the writing on the wall i guess um there was significant debt and um, the customer base, they were, they were too heavily reliant on one customer, which was automotive GM back then. And they could, they just never, um, they couldn't recover. Ugh, it's know, brutal. It was, uh, yeah. It's brutal because there were so many people there at Falcon that had been there for 20 and 30 years. I just felt awful for them. Um, my wife and I were at dinner that night when it happened they had missed payroll a couple weeks before, so you kind of knew it was happening. We didn't even get to finish our dinner because drivers were calling us, you know what I mean? And we actually, uh, between her, she was with another company, and I was with another company at that point, we were able to uh, get our hands around about 60, 70 drivers that had been stranded. And some of them came to work for me, and others, you know, people calling. We, 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 we got the drivers. I remember the one guy was stranded in New Jersey, you know what I mean? Uh, that was a Tennessee. that was a big part of the story, Larry. I remember that was back on the weekend. We were doing Freightways Radio on Sirius XM, and uh, Craig Fuller was co-hosting with me. And uh, it wasn't Falcon; it was Celadon. But they were another shutdown that happened um, relatively close to Falcon, and it was very similar in the sense that a lot of drivers had been stranded. In fact, we had people calling into radio who learned the news that they lost their job from the show. Like they didn't; they weren't even yeah. aware. That's crazy. The, it's horrible. Uh, the, the, the Falcon drivers got a text message and a Qualcomm message. That was it. No phone calls, no nothing. Do you think Yellow, because it's it happened was, kind of in slow motion over the past month, has been a little bit better? Like, we're not hearing about Driver Strand as I, much, but everyone kind of knew what was happening. Yeah, they kind of phased it down. Uh, you know, the, the, the telltale was when they the, the sales reps were told, hey, <laughs> you don't have to come in the rest of this week. We're not going to be picking up. You know what I mean? And, and so it's been like a, it was a phase. Uh, I think they held out maybe a Hail Mary or something, Hail Mary, but it just it wasn't going to happen. Um, 
the good part when I told people outside of trucking, my mother called me, she was just devastated. And I was like, listen, mom, all them drivers will have jobs within a week. I said, and most of the support staff will have jobs because of the, um, everybody needs drivers, right? So I knew the drivers were gonna be taken care of. Um, support staff, if you if you had a skill set like safety, um, you, you know, you were gonna get snatched up real quick. And, and sales, uh, you know, they, um, so there was, and I, I think the market will swallow them up, but it's still bad. What the CF was the most recent LTL, and that was back in the 2020 or 2002, right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you, you mentioned you hired a couple drivers. I, I think we, I remember you sent me this text last week and you're like, Hey, we just brought a gentleman on board. Yellow driver hired today, starting tomorrow evening. How is that going? And uh, what's the reach out you've been giving to these drivers? Well, the, the, the two that we got, uh, were looking for something that was kind of dedicated and local and I had a need. So um, that was real easy. You know what I mean? Um, Right now, you know, we're still in the infancy, the, the, the investment uh, firm, the uh, private equity group um, still, still uh, closed on June 1st. So, you know, the first couple of weeks I was evaluating my staff, wanted to make sure I got in front of the folks because um, I've been on both sides of the uh, mergers and acquisitions. And so I know how it is to, to feel. So I wanted to make sure I got in front of everybody and kept everybody because uh, it, it, was a, it was a good company. The, the owners um, did a really good job, and uh, they cashed out. And now it's our turn to, to, to build upon what they've already built. What is General Trucking? For those who don't know, what are you all about? General Trucking is a, we're primarily dedicated um, into the automotive sector uh, with a specialty in expedite. Like, we do a really, really good job. Canada, the U.S., and back and Mexico and the U.S. and back. Um, back in 2022 there, when the uh, Canadian truck drivers went on strike, our drivers picked up the overflow and, and did really well. Um, so, you know, my, uh, my job is to basically grow that, uh, do what we've already done and, and continue to do that, but be in that the uh, new owners are uh, applied for and receive their MBE, which is a minority owned business enterprise. Uh, the two owners, the majority owners, are Tanis Russell and James Collins, and and they uh, partnered with uh, Advantage Capital, which has a um, called Power of the Change. It's a $200 million fund that was started with 13 limited partners back after the uh, uh, BLM riot, um, and so this is the first one that's uh, taken advantage of that $200 million fund, and um, we're we're going to grow it. Uh, so we we. We uh, have a good group, core group of about 67, 68 drivers, 12 owner operators. Um, the average tenure here for the drivers are here, like eight and a half years, with almost 15 years overall driving experience. So we've got a good group of guys. They, they come here, they stay. So I don't care if your birthday is tomorrow, or uh, if you, but if you're looking for something uh, where you're not just, uh, when you talk to your fleet manager, it's like, give me your truck number, you know, your driver number. These drivers know you. They come in. They, I, I'm taking, I guess, the three things that you, you look for with the company, right, is, um, is, is the people, right? Uh, I learned that often. And everybody in this industry has had mentors throughout their career, right? I've been here 35 years. My first one was Condi Dixon, and he taught me about team building. 
And so, you know, I, I, that's what I've stressed here because you don't get eight and a half years on the average um, for the drivers that are here with not having a good team. So we have a good team. The other one is, is the culture and in the trucking side, it's, it's safety. And I learned off of two of the best in, in safety, Milton Van Orn and John Sims. Um, I remember Milton once told me that, um, and, and I met Milton through Falcon, and we were awful in safety. And he said, Larry, we're going to fix this. And he said, well, when we fix it, you don't need a sales rep. The customers will come to you. Well, I, that was one of the first things I looked at. General trucking uh, safety scores are, are, are immaculate. Uh, we're actually actually in one of those captive groups. Uh, you don't get in a captive group by having a bad safety. And and the other thing is, is the financials. And I guess that's where I was weak on growing and coming through the thing. But I met a guy, um, Mark Weinswig, um, who poured into me and showed me uh, what to look for. So I, I guess my whole career has been for this moment. And it's, uh, I, I think the saying God puts you in positions that you uh, – don't apply for, and that's what it was. So the team building has always been good. I left a, a, a fantastic team in Waco, Texas. Uh, been gone for three months, and they haven't missed a beat. They actually got better. So, and, and none of those guys, I had to explain to the one guy what a POD was. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great company. Um, we're, we're in, because I'm from East Liverpool, Ohio, right, on the river. Uh, the only two good, I mean, the two famous things that come out of there was my brother, who was an Olympian, and uh, Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz once said, you're, as an organization or a football team or whatever it is, you're growing or you're dying. There's no such thing as maintaining. So we're in growth mode. Um, hired a really good recruiter. Uh, she's down there in Texas, uh, just slaying it. So we're in a really good spot here, and I'm excited about the opportunity. And this is where I made my bones, Tim. I started with Roadway, but I was a doc supervisor and just one of those guys, you know what I mean? Uh, went to Overnight, and then that's where I met Condi Dixon and kind of followed him from Overnight to a couple other jobs. And um, where I made my bones is when I took over uh, Michigan. Uh, we had viral growth. I had uh, Salesman of the Year one year, Employee uh, of the Year. Uh, you know, it, it was a driver of the year. They all came out of, out of, uh, the motor city here. So I'm excited. It's like the back of the future, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, Hey, you mentioned <laughs> football. I, I got to ask you, cause we started with, with a whale and we've been talking about this thing. Should Jim Ursay of the Colts. And I said, Jonathan Davis, that's a singer of corn, but cause I'm an idiot. It's Jonathan Taylor. Should he re-sign Jonathan Taylor or should he have spent $20 million to release that orca in the Pacific ocean? Oof. Uh, I, running back, well, you, you've seen it with uh, the, the kid from the, the, the Giants. He's probably the best running back in the league. And they're not as uh, valuable as they once were, so I would say he would have probably been better off and got more good PR. Um, <laughs> with the whale? <laughs> by, by releasing the orca, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they're not whales. I'm America's not a whale, right? No, yeah, orca is a whale, right? Well, it's a dolphin. It's a big-ass yeah. big dolphin. It's a, it's, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I'm going to be down in Ransway at the end of the month and or at the beginning of September. Is that whale shark really that big? I would love to see that. 
you, if you've never been to the Georgia Aquarium and you're in Atlanta and you can budget a few hours to go, I would say, like, I was with my kids, so for if you're taking, like, a family, I would say budget, like, four to five hours, especially if you're going to see, like, the dolphin show or the sea lion show. But if you're just going with yourself, yeah, like, you could probably knock that out in three hours. Definitely worth it. The rays, the other thing that was awesome, like, the whale shark was awesome, but they have giant manta rays there, too. And I think that was a little bit more, uh, that took me back a little bit more because I wasn't expecting those to be that big. Hmm. Okay. Um, we're, we're going down for our granddaughter's uh, first birthday, so I think that, that's probably going to be on our agenda. Oh, definitely go. And if you go there, don't eat the cafeteria. It's a mess. The food's not going to take forever. There's a place called Rock's Chicken. It's right across the street. It's like downtown Atlanta for six ninety nine. You can get like a deluxe chicken sandwich. It's real breaded good chicken. Highly recommend Rock's across the street. Now, Larry, before I let you go, we've only got about a minute left, but uh, in uh, 60 okay. seconds or less, how's the auto market doing right now? Because I haven't got to that yet. Well, the auto market, it's, if you look at the dealership supply, normally they, they tend to like about a 60-day, you know, 30-day, they're, they're humming. Um, right now, it's a little high, so uh, production a little down. Um, they took an extra week during the 4th of July. Normally, they take that week, maybe two. Looked like they, uh, a lot of plants took uh, the, the first three weeks off in, in July. Um, you know, that's all interest rates. I guess when the Fed's done uh, trying to get a handle on this inflation because the interest rates are just crazy right now. They are. At least, like, the sticker but, on most of the cars have, have gone down. Like, we bought a car recently, and uh, we only got back in the market because at least they weren't, like, over MSRP. Right. You've seen that, especially in the EV market. I mean, they, they, they're making them. Nobody buy them, even with that $7,500 credit. So Ford just lowered their prices uh, across the board on all their EVs, especially that, that Lightning that they make. Yeah, those loans are, those so, loans uh, are heavy. Those loans are heavy. These yeah, that's days. big. Well, Larry, people who want to reach out to you, they want to connect with General Trucking. Maybe they need a new home after this yellow displacement. Where do I send them to? You can have them call uh, the office here at 866-943-6878. Um, they can ask to speak uh, to Desher uh, if they're looking to uh, drive for us. Uh, she, she's a, like I said, she's a pit bull. And um, really, really, uh, she's got the right personality for, for, for recruiting. Well, so, out well for you. You're um, a you're a survivor. You've been through it. You, you've been through it. You're a great guy to work for. I implore you to reach out to Larry. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Take care. All right, what do we got right here? Let's say you're out at the golf course here at one of these charity events by USA Truck or somebody, and a bear comes and does this. What are you going to do? Because this guy, he's not happy about it. He's actually taking his club to go across the bear. Look at him. He's like, what? I got those for Father's Day. What do I do? I think you got to let those go to the woods. Would you guys go after the bear? To me, that's the woods property now. All right, let's look at it. Like to send you out of here. Let's look at a truck rolling out. It's our buddy Robert Powell. He showed by Robert Powell from ATS. He did a little strap work demonstration for us, told us the, the guide to proper strapping. And here he is, sending another truck out on the road. You drive safe out there, Robert and your team at ATS. Hey, drop that real quick. I got to give a shout out to Show Motion. Show Motion right here. Thank you guys uh, very much for sending me this truck. Show Motion handled that Taylor Swift tour. They did an awesome job. And now I got my own little tour truck right here on this desk. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find the show at FW at the Truck. Subscribe to us on YouTube or if you like audio, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take care. Don't be a stranger.